This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the We Spin Recipes podcast. I'm Andrew Apanov, and this show is all about helping independent musicians grow. Here we talk to industry representatives and founders of interesting startups and ask them to share different insights on music marketing and business. And uh, today we've got an episode number 47. And here we're talking to someone who we already covered on Whispin Recipes, actually in the second episode of the podcast. And the name of the guest is Buri Vucht. Many of you know him as uh, the author of the SoundCloud Bible book. He is a founder of Heroic Recordings and uh, he's doing a lot of interesting stuff in these uh, music business educational fields. So his blog is just a brilliant resource of uh, insights on music marketing and uh, and, and business. And um, uh, a lot has happened to his company in the last year. And uh, I invited Buri to share all the latest news and talk about growth. He's the one who can actually share a lot of interesting things on, on growing a management company, an agency and a record label, of course. Um, he'll also reveal some interesting things about his new course, which is out very soon. So maybe it's actually already out at the time you're listening to the, uh, to the interview, who knows. Um, but like it's all right in there. I just encourage you to listen to the chat in full. Very exciting as as always when uh, it comes down to listening to Booty. And um, yeah, so hope you enjoy the show. Uh, just a quick note: next week um, we've got a, a a little retreat with uh, the Data Music and Whisping team in uh, Berlin. So we're covering like our small team is covering all together um, and uh, we are thinking of doing a special podcast episode all together. I'm, I'm saying this so I, I, I just made this announcement but I cannot guarantee this because who knows how exactly it will go uh, right there but yeah so if, if all goes as planned then expect a very special episode next Friday. In any case, once again, uh, thank you for listening and here goes an interview with Budi Vogt. Hello Budi, it's uh, really cool to have you again on this show. How are you doing? Doing good, thank you for having me. So it's just something that we discussed five minutes back, I just looked it up. So we had you on this podcast on the second episode and now we are like 45 episodes later we are talking to you again for this podcast specifically and it's really cool i'm linking to the to the first show with you in the show notes and uh, i'm pretty sure that everyone who hasn't listened to it just absolutely have to there is lots of insights in there and it will be really cool to see what you've been up to lately and uh, learn some details about your projects but first of all for those listeners who haven't listened to that episode yet do mind a really brief introduction just to give a bit of a like you know background perspective on on the projects you're working on sure okay so um i am the co-founder of heroic which is a record label group and agency we operate a lot like a startup we're based here in the netherlands and uh, basically what we do is we empower creators 
And our means of doing that is that we have these record labels that we use as a way to discover talent and to kickstart them. And then we also have the agency branch so that when music is very well received and we figure out that specific people are super talented, we can bring them in and then further develop them by doing strategic management for them on the artist's career level. And besides that, I, I write about my experiences, my blog, bootyvogue.com, shameless plug. And um, yeah, it's, it's basically, I, I like, we really during this journey experienced a lot of struggles, but also things we found out to work very well that we wished we knew earlier. So that's kind of why the blog started. And from there came the book, the SoundCloud Bible. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that a lot of our listeners are familiar with uh, either with the book or, or your blog or what you do label-wise. So uh, yeah, it's really cool and lots of insights in there. So anyone who's been on your blog knows that you like to write really f- long and uh, very detailed posts, which include lots of value. And you've been covering quite a lot of music industry topics. So it's like you 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 write about... Uh, the stuff that you learn as you go about your experience in this industry, right? Yeah, my goal with the blog really is to to have it be a sort of a resource for everything music industry related. So if someone has a question about publishing, I'd be able to send them to my publishing guide. If someone wants to understand artist management, I send it to an article about that. So I don't publish a lot per se. I just really, when I do it, I try to go, try to go super in-depth. Actually, I've been uh, linking to your publishing guide specifically to those who are interested to learn more and who don't quite understand that area uh, quite well. So it's pretty... (laughs) Thank you very much. It just makes a lot of sense because uh, it's described in a clear and easy to understand way, so which is important when it comes down to publishing, the topic can be confusing. Cool. And so I know that you're working on, on something else in these educational fields, which is a course, which we're definitely going to talk about later. But first mm-hmm. of all, like at this point, I would still like to focus on Heroic because I know that you've been going through quite a lot of changes, very positive progress there. And uh, so do you mind sharing a little bit on that specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So I think to expand on what I told you in the introduction earlier is so for management we do clients like San Holo, World who we recently picked up, Arc Patrol, Duct Tape and Doku and uh, basically our management roster is a variety of super talented artists. They're all very young, they're all under they're all under 25 actually and uh, spread around the world and all of these artists are either incubating or at a different stage in a career. So for example, two of our artists are 17-year-old but definitely have the potential to break through. Like, for example, one of them, World, is already signed to Monster Cat, a huge label over in Canada. They're good friends of ours. And um, yeah, he's over 10,000 followers on SoundCloud, just did his EP, which came out on uh, August 24th, went number nine in the USA iTunes electronic charts. And again, he's 17, right? But then on the other end of the spectrum, we have artists like San Holo, who we did the first EP for last year in September. And then he was under 4,000 followers on SoundCloud, I think. And uh, right now, today is actually the release of his new single, our day of recording, of course. And um, yeah, he's now over 180,000 followers. So awesome. yeah, so it's it's pretty across the board. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe there is uh, quite a lot of good stuff happening for San Howell specifically right now, correct? 
like we what what would yeah. you have in, in the newest future uh, well well it's it's interesting because with san like in this short of a time we've been able to experience the full trajectory from having no track record and needing to work super hard to get a deal or to get them true right to in the span of this year building up momentum and so much hype that we've released with uh, we did the first ep on heroic we did a release on nest which is the media platform of skrillex we did an ep on monster cats and right now this new single is coming out on spin-in records and we just dropped the video clip and the uh soundcloud upload and i think the soundcloud uploads about to hit like a million plays within a month and the youtube video should have crossed the 500,000 plays now but uh it's very interesting from a management perspective because you know we get to do now what we hoped we could have done a year ago but we had no idea we could mm -hmm. and while we're on that topic so can you highlight any of the characteristics that you saw in sen when you started working together besides the great music that he produces of course so i'm just curious so he's seen growth i'm confident that you have just done a ton of stuff for him as a management company but Are there any specific things about him as a person, as as an artist? Maybe dedication to what he does. Maybe he's been really dedicated in in the industry already. Or can you just mention? Oh yeah, ab absolutely. This is a great question. I think that over time, like managing different artists and looking for patterns, like one of the things that makes San so good is is because I think number one is he is definitely past the 10,000 hours. Like he's 24 now, but he's been making music at least five hours a day for the past 10 years, easily. He's gone to a conservatory. So that's like, he's gone to the Dutch equivalent of Berkeley. And um, he passed like nine out of 10 honors with guitar and then transcended to, or then at least started, started doing electronic music production, right? But he has a classically trained background. So I think that's two things for sure, right? So repeated consistent practice over time up to the point where he's put in so many hours now that his restriction is not his skill right so his creativity is no longer restricted by how well he's mastered ableton or whether he can understand musical theory or build the right harmonies no he's got that covered so it means the only restriction on his creativity is basically his body and his mental capacity right now and i think to get to the point where he could really have the output but also make the exquisite music he does he needed to go through this whole trajectory of struggling and starting bands and doing a ton of stuff that didn't work to then reach this point here and now where he could you know really unleash his full creative potential and um i think building upon that he's he's super dedicated so after finishing conservatory and a side note here is we've just been working together for a year very intensely though but Yeah, it's been quite a, a short run, technically. Mm -hmm. And um, first thing he did when he was done with university is he quit doing everything and just start being a guitar player so that he could pursue what he wanted to do most, and that is do music, right? So instead of creating a backup plan or doing a different job or whatever and having music as a hobby, he really dedicated himself to doing it. And uh, by being in that position to teach music and now making increasingly more money with San Holo, he's been able to segue out of that side job and is now really able to fully focus on this project. And I think also that sense of dedication and not having a backup plan really forces him to be in a position where this has to succeed. Mm -hmm. It's like swim or drown, you know? Yeah. I like yeah, it. And, yeah. 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 And I think that's a very conscious choice 
you know, like for example, San is an artist, like we work together very well, but he's also very on top of his game. Like as a person, he understands the industry and legal work and et cetera. That's not to say he'd be able to replace me, but he would definitely, he would be a, a decent artist, but just by himself without having management. It's just that because he already has that, he's even better to work with for me because we could really get to the top of things. I just like what you just described and appreciate going into details here. And you as a, as a manager, essentially, uh, just uh, saying that the artist could do pretty well on his own. And I think it's something that uh, you try to look into new artists you sign. So uh, yeah, just, just once again, while we're on that topic, I can imagine you're not only looking into the quality of, of production before signing new acts. It's really about the person. I mean, like right now, electronic music is so booming. And with the increasing growth, you know, it's, there's a lot of very talented artists out there. But to make it as an artist, you know, like to really be able to build a career out of this, to do everything, like to release, to put out one great release a month or one every two months, you know, like at this level with Son, we just looked back to the past year, we put out 19 releases over the course of 12 months. Again, 19 releases. There's very few people who have the discipline to create so much music to sustain that growth. And from a management perspective, you know, if the artist is not in a position where you can comfortably create that continuity of content, then it becomes very hard to manage. Because if you give me a great artist who makes amazing music, but only does six tracks a year, then it becomes increasingly difficult for us to apply our growth model to that artist, Mm -hmm. regardless of how hard we pull and how great the music is and whatever. Because especially in electronic music in today's age, continuity is so essential because there's so much music coming out that if you drop a great record today, but you don't have a follow-up two months from now, people are going to forget. Yeah, I hear you really well here. Even when we run some campaigns, marketing campaigns for clients and artists, it's uh, just something that we pay a lot of atten- attention to the these events rising. In, mm-hmm. If uh, there is enough releases for the next uh, three, six months, because otherwise there is just nothing to market nothing to there is no platform for growth and you cannot force it if you are not the artist yourself so i mean you, <laughs> only the act the band or the producer can deliver these so it's just crucial for the whole team working with with the attack so it's using to yeah to find really interesting artists and uh it was really cool to uh, learn more about san At this point, I'd like to talk a bit about the growth of Heroic. So with the growth of the artist, you've been growing as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you mention what you've been going through with uh, expanding the team, I can imagine, and some other things? Yeah, absolutely. So for the listeners, some background, right? So I'm 24. I did business administration, a bachelor at university. And we started doing this as like, something we did on the side. I went to university and at the same time, this was my passion. This is what we did. But I only graduated like last year, August. So since then, me and my partner, and we co-founded Heroic, the two of us. He's uh, Tim Van Dorna, amazing audio engineer. He went to SAE Institute, which probably rings a bell. And um, we both graduated summer last year. So that was really the point where we also got to put ourselves in that position, right? Of, okay, let's drop every plan B we have and just do this full time. And um, yeah, music business is not per se the most profitable business. So definitely we had to struggle like startup style, you know, bootstrapping it. And uh, now with the increasing success of our artists and the label growing, 
there's some room also for us to expand financially. So it means like from a business perspective, we're super focused now on laying the foundation that is going to turn Heroic into a thriving organization with multiple labels, multiple artist managers, multiple label managers. And uh, we really want to see this thing grow beyond our personal involvement. Mm -hmm. You're growing an empire here. From what, from what I hear, you have some really big plans for the company. Well, I mean, right now, so, so I'm actually staring at my wallpaper here. We just, uh, we just changed our, our visual style. And basically what we've done is we've started with the label Heroic Recordings. And just about half a year ago, I think, we acquired a new label. And uh, a friend of mine was quitting running his label, but they had a bunch of social media assets and a back catalog that was interesting to us. And uh, what we did is we've always had the dream of creating a sort of a, an empire of labels. So Heroic over time has developed like this positive, uplifting electronic music sound. But we also like the darker or the heavier stuff, you know, drum and bass or the kind of more trap music. And so we took the assets of the, the label we bought and we turned it around to create villain recordings. So we now have like this dichotomy of heroic recordings versus villain recordings. Mm -hmm. And um, Giannis, our label manager, has he started with us like a year, year and a half ago as an intern. And he's really, you know, grasped how the industry works and is understanding label management. And he's also dabbling in artist management now. And uh, yeah, he's done a great job together with the team here of helping this grow into a roster for villain, a roster for heroic, and then releasing a ton of music. You know, we're just doubling the output and um, expanding our empire, so to speak, uh, by doing that. Awesome. Yeah, I encourage everyone to check out your profiles at this point or after listening to this conversation. And uh, I've seen the new logotype already. So it's all pretty cool and um, interesting to see the growth, especially getting these behind the scenes information from you. So it's really cool and interesting. And uh, I'm pretty confident we'll talk to you again sometime, sometime next year <laughs> to see <laughs> where, how exactly you progressed, because I'm, I'm confident there will be lots of, of stuff going on with Heroic. And uh, so if you don't mind, I'd like to switch the topic a little bit and uh, mention the book that you wrote and uh, that has been read by so many producers. I'm, I'm sure I don't know the stats, but um, just there is no doubt about that. And when we had the conversation for Wisping Recipes, like whatever, last, last year or early this year, mm -hmm. there, there wasn't the second edition released yet. So it was right after the initial re release of the book, as I remember. Yeah. So uh -huh. um, there is the second edition of the book available right now. So what changed? So do you mind mentioning to those oh, who yeah. listen to the first episode especially? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for being one of the earlier supporters. That was totally necessary. And um, yeah, I mean, with the SoundCloud Bible, it was really initially we started, I started writing the book because SoundCloud has been what was what put us like as a label and as a management company in a position to really leverage the internet, like really SoundCloud more than any platform was what allowed us to do that, you know, how to get shows for artists by building their profiles on SoundCloud so big that that dripped over into Facebook and dripped over into people wanting to see them perform to illustrate. And since a year and a half ago, SoundCloud's been growing tremendously to give people some insight into the details we're looking at, I think they said, 
May 2013, there were 700 million monthly plays. And in June 2014, there were 2.5 billion monthly plays. And in May 2015, 4.9 billion monthly plays. So that's crazy. They doubled their growth in the past year. And with that, of course, they've received a ton of funding. They started developing their platform further and further. So there were a lot of changes in the way the platform worked. They added the reposting features, changed the user interface. But also more recently, they introduced the advertising platform. So uh, SoundCloud Premiere and on SoundCloud that allows people to add visual profiles, to put artwork behind tracks, but also to monetize content. So the book, of course, you know, I, I want this to consistently be a very good resource for SoundCloud, if not the. So I'm just going to keep updating it every year to be up to date with, with everything that's reflected in, in the yeah. platform's growth. So it's interesting. Right now, SoundCloud is much bigger, as you mentioned, and uh, it's also so much more relevant to artists in different genres than it was even a year ago. So I think when you started writing it, it was mainly for electronic music producers. Right mm -hmm. now, it's more than ever used by just artists in any genre you can think of. So do you think of... Um, so is it as relevant for musicians in non-electronic music genres? Let's put it this oh, way. Oh, yeah, ab absolutely. I think this is great you mentioned this, and I think it's absolutely true. I mean, with this increase of numbers, right? So people got to understand this. So SoundCloud was founded by a bunch of people, producers that wanted to share their music online and have the ability to comment. But right now, if you're looking at 4.9 billion monthly plays, that makes them a, like a serious competitor to like a Spotify, for example. Like this is... There's some market saturation here. There's a lot of people on their mobile phones with the SoundCloud app listening. And by doing that, of course, by growing and differentiating the consumer side of the platform, it also means that there's a lot more space for people to do all different types of content and genres. So it's not just electronic music producers anymore. R&B is thriving. Indie electronic is thriving. Rock is increasingly growing on the platform. And uh, there's also a lot of people uploading podcasts. I think you do the same, right, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, something that I, I want to ask you, because I've, I've heard quite a lot of concerns about SoundCloud from producers and musicians inside Wispin, for example. So mm -hmm. with, um, with the series of um, takedowns of, you know, bootlegs and remixes and mixes, and uh, just with the different changes... Some musicians are kind of frustrated. So I've seen some just, you know, deleting their accounts and looking for an alternative. So I'm pretty confident SoundCloud is not going anywhere, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure that there is a lot of people who wouldn't agree with me. So right now it's not exactly stable. <laughs> so what what do you think? Even Even like, let's put it very... As honestly as you can, because you are uh -huh. beast here. <laughs> You've got a book about SoundCloud, but what do well, you honestly think about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. So I think it is very essential for people to be able to understand this whole scenario from a business perspective. And I want to draw an analogy to Spotify, for example, right? So Spotify as a business has been growing tremendously, and they've been receiving a ton of venture capital funding. And if you look at their bottom line, they've been turning, I think, a, a loss every year since their inception. And the reason why is because their biggest metric is not profit. Their biggest metric is growth. They want to be the number one streaming provider in the world. So, of course, all the money that they make and all the money they get from venture capitalists 
is going to go into expanding their team and uh, making sure that they reach more people. Now for SoundCloud, what they're doing, of course, is essentially the same. So I think about a year and a half ago, they received like seven or 800 million in funding. And all that money is not gone to making SoundCloud a more profitable business, but rather into driving that growth. But of course, it's very logical that when you reach the point of 2.5 billion monthly listens, right, last year, June, that the biggest rights holders, so think uh, the major labels, right? So Universal, Warner, Sony, that they are going to come knocking on their doors and say like, hey, guys, there's so much of our stuff being used on our platform, whether in original format or remixed or samples or in DJ mixes or whatever. And they're not getting paid because SoundCloud was operating on a legal loophole that is called the DMCA, Millennium Act, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, and let's not get too particular here. But basically, it's it's a gray area where they were able to host the content because it wasn't the content that they uploaded themselves, but rather by the users, right? But of course, they were aware of this happening. So it's a big gray area. But anyway, it allowed them to get away with hosting all this content without having to pay the rights holders for a long time. But of course, when you reach this size of scale, like a Universal and a Warner and a Sony are going to say like, okay, guys, we're going to sue you if we don't see money now, right? So um, two years ago, the big topic of conversation was the major labels becoming partners, like getting an equity stake in the actual SoundCloud business and therefore being okay with their content being used, right? Because they'd have an interest in them growing. So initially that didn't happen. And then about a year and a, no, just about half a year ago, Warner was the first the first record label to sign a, a, a license deal with uh, SoundCloud. So that basically allowed allowed SoundCloud to host Warner content. And of course, by doing that, Warner probably got a little bit of a stake in the company and a fee for, for usage. But of course, for SoundCloud to be able to do this with the other labels as well, and Sony and Universal are renowned for asking higher fees than Warner because uh, their top leadership is more focused on getting a higher return on streaming. It means that they need to create the revenue sources that are able to support this remuneration to those rights holders. Mm-hmm. So about a year, year and a half ago, they launched SoundCloud uh, on SoundCloud, SoundCloud Premiere, so they could start advertising. And basically, so we're advertising on the Eroic labels and for our artists. And what they're doing is right now, if you own the master rights or control the master rights and, uh, and you have a Premiere account by a Premiere partner, and uh, we do it via the district, I would like to give a shout out. They're awesome people. And um, they're like a multi-channel network. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they allow us to monetize and basically means that if you listen to our content and you're in the US, then you might get served an audio ad at the start of a track, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically the, the audio equivalent of YouTube advertising, where you get like this pre-roll advertisement. And yeah, so so the revenues from there are not too big right now. Like the system is far from optimized, but I think it's SoundCloud's first step to creating an extra stream of revenue that in turn is going to incentivize a Sony and a Universal and et cetera to say like, okay, you could have our content. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> to get to the point, this is very long-winded. I think that SoundCloud will certainly not go away. I think they're very much in a growth stage. I do think that these deals with the major labels are highly essential. And I also think that all the complaining producers often lack the perspective of this bigger picture to fully understand that what is happening here can be super beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. Because yes, it may mean that your unofficial bootleg remix is taken down and I would then highly say go make original content stop doing unofficial bootleg remixes or dj sets like go make original music right 
But also, it means that technically right now, if you're a producer or an artist and you have original content and you control the masters or the record label controls the masters and you're close with them, then go find a multi-channel network that has a SoundCloud deal and start monetizing your stuff. And before you know it, you'll be making $100, $200 a month off your SoundCloud account. And wouldn't that make a lot of people happy? So, I mean, definitely. What numbers, I just have to ask you, what numbers producers should be looking into to really see the potential to monetize their content? So what amounts of listens are we thinking or talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, I can't say too much about this, but I, will say, uh, yeah, but I will say this, right? So for example, uh, if you have a decent Spotify deal, you get like, if you get the ad supported streams plus the paid streams, then the average is like 700 plays is a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have a decent YouTube deal, then it might mean that on monetized content on your own channel, you need like 1800 plays for a dollar. SoundCloud currently is much, <laughs> much crappier. So you need a lot more plays. Yeah, but it already helps for, you know, for listeners to understand, like for those who have like 500 plays uh, total, it may just be a good idea to keep developing the audience there. Yes, absolutely. I I think a a good reason to start monetizing now is not because it's going to create a lot of money, essentially, but rather it's going to put you in a position to effectively do capitalize on that opportunity when they optimize the system, you know? Right. And also to to show to you to, uh, to fans and listeners that you are doing this, I believe that this is healthy to start showing these ways to to support you even as an artist early on. So not only when you have a ton of listeners and fans and listens, but just showing that you've got these ads, for example, on your account early on, and uh, your loyal fans may just appreciate that and not be pissed off later on when you suddenly introduce that. So it's just completely different, but I think that it's really a good idea what you just mentioned, starting to monetize content early on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And uh, yeah, go find a good multi-channel network. Like I know there's a lot of distributors who have deals with SoundCloud. Personally, the way we roll is so we're with a multi-channel network and um, they do our YouTube and SoundCloud. And it's cool, you know, you have an account manager, people help you optimize this stuff. And uh, you, of course, you're going to need some statistics, right? You're going to need to hold the rights to some masters and have X amount of plays. But if you qualify for that, you should investigate, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, a great idea. Didn't you do, uh, haven't you written a post about multi-channel networks on your blog? Well, I've certainly written about SoundCloud Premiere. Like, yeah, so what we just discussed, I've written about that. And uh, we do a lot with YouTube music promotional channels. And many of those are represented by multi-channel networks. So, yeah. Correct. I think you you listed a few in that post. But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I will be linking to some of the articles that you referred to during our conversation in the show notes. So to everyone listening to this uh, episode, you can just check out the links in the show notes. So really cool. And I appreciate all the information about SoundCloud. I actually wanted to hear that info because many artists are still not to worry about the big changes happening there and it really helps to understand this as you mentioned from the business perspective and Mm -hmm. um, i mean the platform is growing how can it be bad for you because there are more listeners who you may be targeting so it's not like you just have to quit because it's not as niche as it was in the past so i do believe that 
It's oh yeah, 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 totally, totally. I, and, and something I'll add, actually, like if you you were asking me, like for example, what's one of the things that San Holo did so well, right, as an artist? And I think something we're noticing now is that like a rising tide lifts all boats. So if you are an artist making a genre that is growing, then technically it means that if you make great music within that genre, then you're gonna stand to benefit from the growth of that genre. But the same thing applies to the platform, right? If you are able to build a successful account, a growing account on SoundCloud, and SoundCloud by itself is gonna grow, it's only gonna increase your probability of getting more exposure within that platform. So yeah, I think people should use that to their advantage. Yeah, yeah. Great tips here. And at this point, so moving on to the next topic that I mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation, and it's a new course of yours. I believe that only your subscribers know that you're working on it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you haven't been revealing it way too much from what I, I've seen. But so can you tell us a little bit more on what to expect and what exactly it's, will it be? Sure, absolutely. And uh, you are right. So this is probably the first time I'm talking about this publicly beyond awesome. my uh, my inner circle. And um, But yeah, definitely, let's do it. So the course is called the Music Marketing Academy. And basically, it started from a few reasons. Like after updating the book early this year, version two, I really felt like I wanted to create, I wanted to create something new. And I, I've been meaning to write a book about record labels for a long time, but I just don't feel that Heroic is at the point yet where I feel comfortable enough doing that. And I started in turn asking my audience, like, hey, guys, what are you struggling with? You know, like, what would you like to have help with the most? And my inner circle is awesome because a lot of these people respond to my emails and they're like, hey, booty, I struggle with getting more exposure. I struggle with getting from the initial 100 followers to the initial 500. Or, hey, booty, I have this awesome release and uh, everything's set to go, but we just can't get it through to the tastemakers. Like, how do you get on a YouTube channel or on a blog? And there were some very recurring topics here. And this is stuff that we're super passionate about because what we do with Heroic, right, and our artists is we leverage these things on the internet to get exposure. You know, it's not like we have a ton of money. It's not like we had a ton of experience. It's just we figured out, okay, these are the things on the web that could help you get traction. And these are things, of course, you could teach to people. So I set out to start a course, the Music Marketing Academy. And it's basically it's basically where the SoundCloud Bible starts, but then it, it covers everything, you know? So it's not just SoundCloud and blogs. No, it's it's how do you set up, how do you get yourself in a position to make consistent content? How do you build a proper brand profile for yourself? What kind of visual aesthetic should you have from there? What's important in branding and marketing yourself? How do you set up your websites, your socials? How can you capture email addresses? What's the right way to to capture fan data using short links, using analytics to really be precise about knowing your audience and being able to market to them? Talking about developing a core audience, your inner circle, why people should care, but also what you can do to convert listeners into fans, into super fans, into people that will buy something. And then we go super in-depth into how to build release schedules, what is momentum, how you should roll out a release. And we get super specific from how to pitch to blogs, how to pitch to YouTube channels, how to pitch to SoundCloud channels, radio stations, podcasts, and then get super meticulous about rolling out a release you know mm-hmm. what do you do before the release during the release how do you use email marketing and then we we look at some case studies like some releases that we've done for example uh the san holo cosmos ep that kick-started his career 
Right. And uh, we look at the Arc Patrol album we put out, Voyager, recently. And by explaining all that, you know, people are going to have a framework that they can use to use the methodologies that we use to kickstart our artists and then apply it themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a huge whiteboard here. I got to record two more workshops and it's going to be done. And uh, right now, I think we have 15 and a half hours of video content. Yeah, I was about to ask about uh, the format. So it's mainly video, right? Yeah, so we have an online ecosystem where people can log in, they could follow different lectures, watch the videos, see the show notes, get the resources. And if they have questions, they could discuss, ask comments, discuss with different course members, but also with me. And uh, it's really like an online learning platform. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It sounds really cool. And uh, I feel like by the time the episode is out, which will be around two weeks from the from today, you maybe you'll finish recording the rest of the uh, workshops and even for the course may not be up just yet so where should people be looking for more information about the course sure okay so the course is looking to launch on october 6th i'm saying this now as a bit of public commitment right here and um yeah no absolutely this is something I, i would like to share by the way so when doing a big project like this, right, it's sometimes it can be super hard to really get it done. Like you totally know what I mean, being a writer and a content creator. And maybe the listeners can also create uh, relate. And uh, something I found, you know, when doing these super big projects is that it always helps to have a, a sense of public commitment. So like saying, okay, I'm going to do one track a month. And in my case, I want to finish this course. And uh, I recently found this this awesome website. It's called gofuckingdoit.com. And uh, yeah, if I don't launch this course on October 6th, my credit card is going to get billed and this random guy is going to get money. Oh, that's awesome. No, I, I've heard of it. And you know, I can do it even more stressful for you. And I should name this podcast like Buddhist Courses Out on October 6th. And <laughs> put it up, I'll, up. Uh, but no, seriously, I, I believe that you'll make it. And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But for people who want to find it, just go to my site, bootyvogue.com. And uh, there you could find a banner for which you could go to the course. And the way I'm launching this is before I send people to like a purchase page, I'm going to give them a ton of free content first. So if you're interested in the course, you could opt into my video series and you're going to get a, a number of videos to see and hear more about what's inside the course. And from there, you'll get the opportunity to check it out. Brilliant. Really like it. Looking forward to to the course. Really intrigued myself. And yeah, so I mean, you said it. Plus, I'm linking to to the links and I'll add the link to the course once it's out uh, to the show notes as well. So it's it, it should be pretty straightforward and easy to find more information on that. So mm-hmm. thank you about all these insights. I think we may wrap it up soon. So I want to ask if there is anything else you'd like to cover or mention to our listeners at this point? Well, I don't know. Let's get super specific. Maybe some parting advice. Sure. Okay. So I think regardless of anyone, you know, you can do it. Just realize it's a marathon and you got to make a lot of music. That doesn't mean like do two hours a day. No, it means do five hours a day. It means if you're doing a job, right? It means you got to come back from work and allocate as much time as you can every day to make it happen. And um, it's like if you persist over time then you can do it you know just make a lot of content put it out and make sure to push it to the right tastemakers and i think this big picture is something a lot of people forget about but that's just what i would want to give as parting advice 
I really like it and appreciate you saying that. It's worth reminding about this stuff to musicians every day if possible. So, I mean, they tend to forget about it sometimes. A lot of musicians I know at least. So mm-hmm. thank you. It's really appreciated. We are keeping an eye on all the projects and your artists and uh, and the educational uh, courses and the book, of course. So, uh, yeah, keeping in touch. And thank you so much for this interview. Absolutely. Thanks a lot to Buddy once again. You, the listener, know what to do next. So you can find all the links to Buddhist resources in the show notes. Check out his course when it's out. And um, if you have questions or feedback, I think it will make a lot of sense to leave it right on SoundCloud. So if you're listening to the show on SoundCloud already, just leave a comment there. If not, if uh, you're um, you're listening to the show in your um, podcast uh, uh, app, then uh, go to soundcloud.com forward slash wispin. You'll find this episode number 47 right there. And uh, yeah, so just leave your thoughts in there and I and Buddy will uh, reply to your comments. So, yeah, this is it. Once again, hopefully there will be a special episode next Friday, but we'll see. And uh, appreciate you being with us here and spending your time to, to listen to us. Thank you and see you next time. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin 12.